Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Future Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Donlan, and I'm here today with uh, Jason Boy. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Sean? Yeah, good. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm in good company with your other guests here, so uh, yeah, excited for it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So um, a brief overview of the podcast and to give uh, new listeners and I suppose a lot of people who listen have an idea of what it's about. Um, But this podcast, what we do is we speak to um, uh, working professionals, entrepreneurs in the city, and we get a little bit about their background, how their lives, I suppose, are changing at the moment with with COVID um, and how their industries are changing as well. So without further ado, if you wouldn't mind giving our listeners a little bit of a background about yourself and we'll work from there. Sure thing. So uh, my name's Jason Boy. I grew up in South Africa. Um, I got into the security industry in 2009, 2010 in South Africa. Um, I helped found a technology company in the retail space that used a platform to aggregate multiple sources of data to help store managers uh, make better decisions on the ground. Long story short, but it was a little bit premature for the South African market. Uh, especially with the data speeds at the time uh, in South Africa. Through that whole process, I met who then became my boss, but someone that had a profound impact on my life since then. Um, The company was a Vancouver-based security technology company that designed and manufactured high-end security technology products, predominantly uh, video analytics products, access control products. Um, I became regional sales manager for East and West Africa. So I looked after 26 different countries, a lot of traveling to all the honeymoon destinations, as I always like to joke, uh, Ghana, Nigeria, Tanzania, Kenya, Ethiopia, and a bunch more. Uh, through that process, I met my wife. My wife worked at the same company. She's based, she was based in Vancouver. Uh, her and I, after nine months, got married and I moved to Vancouver. Now I am in Vancouver. My company currently does, uh, we design and manufacture a very niche product for commercial office interiors. It's sound masking. Um, I head up the Western region for the company. The company's called Soft TV. I head up Western region. Yeah, brilliant. I was going to say, why Vancouver? What took you from South Africa to Vancouver? But no need to ask. Love, you know? Yeah, completely. Completely. Weather's a bit different, but beautiful here. Yeah. What's the weather like in South Africa at the moment? Uh, So weather in South Africa is only, there's only two uh, climates, which is warm and hot. (laughs) Sounds Uh, nice. Super funny. My mom always jokes. Uh, that a cold front in South Africa is 18 degrees. When it's 18 degrees Celsius, the cold front. <laughs> so, um, well, how did you end up in this in this career? In this, uh, did you go to school for it, or was it a, a an accumulation of work experience, or you know what what brought you to this field? So I, I just I guess right time, right place. Um, started in the security industry um, in 2010, went through a variety of uh, technology cycles and changes. I just had experience in building business units from pretty much the ground up. Um, 
all my experience in Africa, there wasn't a big footprint when I got there. So part of my role was getting off the ground, finding recruiting partners, training, upskilling, developing channels, um, and then obviously supporting, maintaining, and growing the channels. So when my company now was looking for a person in the Western region to grow the business units out West, I just had a lot of the same skills that were acquired. So that's how I ended up here. Okay. And you mentioned um, a few moments ago when you were speaking about um, a partner that you were working with or, or a boss that you were working with that became a, kind of a mentor of yours. Can you shed a little bit more? Uh, can you shed a little bit more light on that? I think mentorship is something that I put a lot of em- emphasis on. Completely. So yeah, he was my boss for three years. We still chat. I think we chat regularly. Still, just super influential guy. Um, extremely clever. He had a I would say well above average uh, EQ and just super insightful. Um, I would always say I, I used to hate it when he would ask me questions because he wasn't asking to see, he wasn't asking for clarity for himself. He was asking to see if I knew. He always just knew more, just super, super insightful guy. Um, amazing leader. Just, yeah, all, all around like, solid guy great leader yeah i think when you can get those figures in your in your working life especially when you're younger especially with um especially with up and coming i suppose um in in industries and and it's sorry what am i trying to say if you can get somebody who's who's where you want to be and you can watch them and get advice from them and i think that relationship expands careers you know guys that i've worked with previously in totally different roles that i would talk to about what i'm doing now i feel like maybe they do know more than you maybe they don't but you always feel like when you meet them when you're younger that they can always add value to to what you uh what you're doing at this present time you know yeah completely completely brilliant you'd also mentioned a lot of technology changes um what were the main technology changes that you've seen since you um, you started working? Uh, so w- when I first started working, the technology was all analog, uh, analog, like CCTV cameras, um, 2012-ish. There was a real um, like a massive leap forward in the CCTV industry, and it went from analog to digital. Uh, and with that just came a whole bunch of video analytics, uh, better image quality, um, all the technology in cameras started changing. Technology just went from like a two out of 10 to a 10 out of 10 pretty much. Yeah, just instantly, just the technology advantages. Completely, completely. Yeah. And in a company that I was working for, uh, it's pretty interesting, but they were founded, uh, the company used to do uh, microscopes. And just used a lot of the like electron microscopes, and they used a lot of that technology to develop um, very high megapixel cameras, which were groundbreaking and an industry first. So while the other camera manufacturers were doing like one, two megapixel cameras, they launched with a 16 megapixel camera. This was far superior image quality and a number of other. Um, groundbreaking technologies so exponential growth yeah completely completely 
What is it? The company it? was recently bought out by another global player, but in 10 years, they went from startup to acquisition for $1.2 billion. Wow. So a lot of money. It was fun navigating that, uh, that time. Yes. Yeah. Um, rapid growth. Rapid growth. Yeah. Is it every 18 months, 18 months technology doubles and price halves? Is that the, that's the saying? I'm not sure, but I've heard something like that before. Mm. Yeah. Something. I guess it's, it's incredible. Yeah. You see the amount of money that's in the, uh, the technology sector and a lot of people that I would deal with and clients and stuff. It's, that's where it's at, you know, and even yeah. whatever the industry is, if it's cannabis, you know, if it's uh, finance, if it's um, precious metals, if it's automotive, there's always a massive technological side to that industry or they're trying to make advancements in, um, in technology. So it's going to be, I think the next couple of years are going to be very interesting with, uh, with what's going on at the moment and how companies are trying to adapt. Something else that we, uh, we mentioned briefly before the podcast started was uh, visualization. So what kind of visualization do you uh, like to do for yourself in general or what helps you get to the next stage or what gives you, what gives you the drive and determination? Yeah, it's a good question. So in, I think it's a two part answer. So currently I have a pretty strict morning routine. So get up at four, my alarm goes 4.55 AM and then I do uh, meditation. I read for 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, I work out for about an hour and then start my day uh, with a bit of journaling as well, just as I sit down at my desk. Um, this was kind of an evolution to get to where I am now. So in 2012, I started triathlon and oh, wow. I think my career success really tracks with my triathlon success. So in 2012, I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day and drinking like a fish. And on my 25th birthday, I just decided enough was enough. So literally just smoked my last cigarette, put it out and said, well, I'm going to go for a run. So went for a run and I almost died. I went like, <laughs> like literally a hundred meters. Yeah. And I'll never forget the feeling. I was so embarrassed that I couldn't even run to save my life. If my life depended on it, I would have died. And it just became a gradual progression of run a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. How long did it take you to get a good aerobic base? Quite a while, three to six months of, of working out pretty much every single day. Um, so my birthday was on the 9th of April. Then for the next two to three months, I was just hacking around, just running a little bit. Uh, at, at school, I'd always swum and played water polo. So I got back into that a little bit. And then one of my buddies said to me, will you swimming and running regularly? And I spun once or twice at the gym. So he said, there's a triathlon in August, come do it. So I made every excuse in the book. No, I, I don't have a bike. He's like, well, my dad's got a spare bike. I said, I don't have shoes. He said, well, what's I assure you? We were the same size shoe, he has some shoes. I said, I can't get there. He said, well, just put the bike on the back of our trailer and come with us. So basically I ran out of excuses and did the triathlon and I was hooked. It was a, I called an Olympic distance triathlon, so 1.5k swim, uh, 40k bike, 10k run. Did the did the triathlon? Absolutely loved it. Uh, then there was a half Ironman in January, so trained a little bit more for that. Did the half Ironman in January, 
Um, and then on the 8th of April, the following year was full Ironman down in East London. So half Ironman's 1.9 swim, 90 bike, 21K run, and full Ironman's double that. So 3.8K swim, 180K bike, and 42K run. Wow. So signed up for that, did that, and did my first full Ironman. And, and the, I guess the key for me or the thing that I really wanted to achieve was going from couch potato on the, uh, on the 9th of April to doing a full Ironman on the 8th of April the following year. Wow. That's incredible. That, that now really, really interests me, you know, to, to see somebody who, like you said, smoked two packets of cigarettes a day, drank a lot, and then just a switch went off and you decided that no more. Was it, was it gradual? Was there times during your training where you're like, you know, fuck this, I don't want to do this. Or, or was it, or, or like, did a switch just go off? It's funny. So two things. One, I must have been 16 or 17 and someone showed me Iron Man. And at that age, I already knew that it was something I, I just saw it for the first time. And I was like, that would be something cool to do. But right now I can't do it. Like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it. But it was Were you cool. athletic when you were younger? Or did you play sports? Yeah, I was pretty athletic. I was a pretty good, I was a pretty good sports person. Like I'm, I would say pretty lazy, but I had the ability. I don't think I ever capitalized as much as I could have. I just did the least amount that I could to get by. Yeah. A lot of people out there. Yeah. Completely. Same story. Definitely. Completely. Yeah. Um, and then I had read sometime that if you stop smoking by the age of 25, by the time you die, your lungs would have recovered 99.9%. And that stat just floated around in the back of my mind. Yeah. How old were you when you started smoking? Uh, I was, I was in boarding school. So it started then one or two a week, just being naughty. Yeah. yeah. And then finished school. And mm -hmm. then when I finished school, so 18 to 25 smoked properly. You don't see too many people smoking in Vancouver. They smoke it's, weed. I know. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of weed. Lots, Lots of weed, weed but, but no cigarettes. Yeah, completely. And it's so funny when, when I grew up in South Africa, weed was like a hard drug. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm Irish and yeah. same story. Weed is a hard class A drug, but like everybody smokes. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. Not, as, not then, as many maybe as, you know, the, the 90s or 90s or 80s, but. Yeah, it's super funny. And then I get to Vancouver and like, I remember my first week being here, I was walking up Robson Street and there was a guy in three-piece suit, leather satchel. Like he looked like a, he was in a professional service of some description, doctor, lawyer, accountant walking up the street and he had, he was smoking a joint that was like as big as a baseball <laughs> that I was laughing so much. Yeah, it's crazy. 30 in the morning. I brought, my mother was here on vacation and uh, like cannabis is, like I said, it's totally illegal in Ireland. Like I think same in England as well, maybe medicinal in England, but in Ireland it's like, it's totally illegal. But I brought her into a cannabis store just for fun, you know, she can be, <laughs> it was a really nice one on uh, Canby and it I, like I, I don't smoke but it was really nice one on canby and it was like an apple store or something you know it was like a mac store it was just yeah yeah like futuristic it couldn't have been any better i'd never been in the store i didn't know if it was right or wrong um, yeah, that's so funny I, I just for the wow factor but it was very funny i ended up getting her some uh you know non-psychoactive cbd for arthritis and it was so funny she was like am i going to get arrested now with this i'm like no no, no you're not <laughs> shame that's sweet <laughs> yeah it'll be fine so uh what what kind of uh 
changes have you seen in your day-to-day, I suppose, professional life over the last six weeks, you know, COVID? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, definitely shaken things up. My current industry, we follow the commercial real estate industry pretty closely, construction and, and commercial real estate industry pretty closely. So there has been a general slowdown. Um, I think people are much more cautious um, with a variety of things. A lot of people aren't taking leases anymore they're trying to get out of leases uh, this whole work from home experiment it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the next three six twelve months and of course beyond that as well um i guess just a lot more like zoom meetings a lot more home meetings and a lot of a lot more people working from home uh, and in the last six weeks as well the first two weeks i couldn't get hold of anybody uh, it was like one big vacation. Yeah. But I think in the last weeks, people have settled into this new way of normal and are, have kind of accepted it now, you know? And this is here to stay, I think, for the medium term. Medium term. Yeah. Who knows, you know? And I was talking to a guy recently and he said that he thinks there'd be a secondary outbreak in, in November or... I don't know, you know, I've got a, my brother's getting married in November and I want to go back to Ireland for that. So, you know, you're, you're hoping that they can do some kind of, uh, do some kind of control, but. It's Completely. Be, yeah. I've also heard that there might be a second outbreak or they worried about the second outbreak yeah. in August. I think there has to be, there has to be. If you well, I hope not. It just, I'm sure you are as well, but dying to get out and travel and yeah. get back home and. Yeah. Dying to get out. Uh, we had planned to go to uh, Vegas in June for my brother's stag. So they're all flying over from Europe and I'm the best man. So I arranged the, the stag for Vegas and now nobody can, nobody can make it. So I said, yeah, it, it, the wedding is in the middle of November. And I said, if we have to have the stag on November 1st, we'll have yeah. Vegas. We'll have it on November 1st in Vegas. <laughs> they'll, be open by, they'll be open by that stage. It's exciting. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so day to day, how do you find new customers? How do you generate, you know, new business? Is it, is it all an online approach, an online approach or do you, do you network? Do you, uh, you know, cold call, cold email? What's your approach for building these relationships? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think my approach has always been trying to add as much value to other people as possible. Yeah. So just trying to help and support as many people related to what I am doing as possible and then kind of use the reciprocation, like law of reciprocation to come back and help me. So if I can help people with like sharing information, contacts, tools, resources, uh, things like that, um, a lot of it comes back to me. Um, a lot of cold calling as well of course any sales role is lots of calls lots of emails and i use linkedin quite extensively as well yeah i think that's probably the probably one of the single best tools out there you know it's so 100%. it's amazing especially if you do one of the upgrades like the i've got linkedin professional or linkedin yeah. can't remember which one so it's brilliant. great tool yeah completely great tool for prospecting uh, outreaching the works well, you want to find the CEO of, you know, whoever, of uh, Canopy, Goldman, Goldman Sachs, uh, 
you know, Amazon, we know who that is, but you want to find those people. You just title company location bank. Send company them email. Worst thing that happens is they don't, they don't reply to you, you know? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's an, it's an incredible tool. Instead of yeah. going onto websites, trying to find contact information, getting an info at email address. Yeah. It's uh, I think it's an unbelievable tool. I use another really cool tool as well. Um, this will probably help a lot of your listeners as well, but it's called hunter.io and it's an email finder. What's IO? So like, I know hunter.io. So it's just like, like, uh, com, but it's hunter.io. A lot of technology companies use IO. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hunter.io. What exactly does it do? So let's say you're looking for the email address of somebody. You type into, let's say um, Instagram, you type into LinkedIn, the company and you find the person. So now you've got the person's name, but you don't know what the email address is because a lot of LinkedIn um, contacts hide that information. Yeah. So what you do is you then put the name or you, you go to hunter.io and then it asks you for the company domain. So you put in to amazon.com and then it's got directories of through a variety of sources, uh, the naming convention of published email addresses. And then you put the person's name that you are looking for into that tool and it will spit out a variety of email addresses like, I mean, all email addresses are kind of the same. First dot last or first initial last, something like that. But based on what other email addresses, uh, like other naming convention of the email addresses for that domain, it will give you some options of email addresses that should go through. And oh, wow. then you can find email addresses that way. So, so basically it's like a uh, best case scenario generator of email addresses. And yeah, 100%. Strong 100%. probability that it's an email. Okay. And it gives you a few options as well. So you can test them out one at a time. Few, two at yeah. a time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a so great what, tool. So what else makes you tick besides, um, you know, the triathlons, the long distance running, what else do you do to keep yourself sane in your spare time? Um, good question. So I run a mastermind as well. Uh, I'm super passionate about it's called the purpose impact income mastermind. And basically it's for high achieving individuals, entrepreneurs and business owners that want to level up in one or more areas of their lives. So what we do is we set goals, uh, set massive goals. And then as a group, we help support and keep each other accountable by sharing tools, resources, uh, and connections in order to achieve those goals. Where, where would people find that if they wanted to take a look? Uh, on my LinkedIn or just purposeimpactincome.com. Okay. So you'd mentioned that you get up at uh, 4.55 a.m. What, what does your day look like after that? So give us a kind of a, a, a run through of your day, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, sure, sure. It's pretty structured. Yeah. Pretty structured. So. That's it, the structure, I guess. A lot of people now are going, you know, from A to B without any structure. And you see that top achievers have, you know, regimented structure. I think something like, 70% of the fortune 500 CEOs have either a martial arts or military background. So it's discipline and structure. Completely, completely. Also, if you win the first few tasks in the morning, you like build momentum throughout the day. Yeah. So if you get a few small wins in the morning, uh, it just helps throughout the day. 
so my day is pretty similar. My structure is pretty similar. So I wake up at 4.55 and it's like the mental thing of I'm up before 5 a.m. Up at 4.55, make a cup of coffee. Uh, I meditate for 10 to 15 minutes, uh, just using one of the common apps. I then read something that will, something informational, something that will help me grow, expand in some way, shape or form. A lot of sales books, a lot of leadership books, a lot of like personal growth and development books. Any books that you'd recommend? Yeah, oh, I got a whole list. Pick um, one. Or two. Uh, two, I think. Uh, so there's a book called The One Thing Book. Very fitting. Really, really good book. Um, and I have also, I'm late to the party, but just read a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yeah, James Clear. Uh, just all about how to set habits. Super great book as well. Cool. So you, after the reading, what do you do next? Uh, workout. So work out for between about an hour and an hour 30 in the morning. Have breakfast, shower, and then start my day. Like really sit down on my desk and start working between eight and nine, just depending on how the morning's been. Yeah. Um, sit down on my desk and then I use a... I'm a bit old school in that regard. I still use a like paper diary um, and the diary is a high performance planner. So I, I put all my meetings and things in there and it's got some affirmations and things I want to achieve and top tasks and priorities. So my day is pretty much planned out in front of me as I sit down. Um, and then it's just really a matter of executing what's in front of me for the day. Finish work between five and six, I guess. Um, yeah, my wife and I go for, we live right downtown on the seawall. So quite a lot of walks on the seawall. Super nice. Um, yeah, brilliant. yeah and then what rinse and repeat. Area? Pardon me? Sorry, what area? Downtown? Uh, Olympic Village. Oh, yeah. Really nice down there. Yeah, it's really nice. I enjoy it. We used to live in uh, Yelltown, but the sirens were killing us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of sirens downtown at the moment, that's for sure. I can imagine. I can. And yeah, we hear like one a week. Okay, good. That's not too bad. No, not at all. We used to hear one an hour. So, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Well, um, Jason, we're we're out of time. Time flies and you're having fun. Yeah, time flies. Yeah, I just want to thank you very much for uh, coming on. Pleasure. Really, thank you. Flies. I really appreciate yeah. it. We'd love to have you on again in the future. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more how things are progressing for you, and especially Fantastic. after after COVID. Uh, just one thing before we let you go. Uh, something that I ask all of our guests or most of our guests, if I remember, uh, what advice would you give to aspiring professionals and entrepreneurs right now? Uh, you got to work on your mindset. Uh, I think just being at home and the uncertainty in the, the economy environment, what's really happening. I think it's very easy to get into a downward spiral. Um, and negative thoughts breed more negative thoughts. So I really think like being super focused on your mindset um, and <clears throat> if and when you catch yourself going into one of those downward spirals, really like force yourself to get out of it, think positive and just keep a really strong, sharp and focused mindset. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on, Jason. Really Pleasure. appreciate it. And if people want to find you online, where can they find you? Just Jason Boy on pretty much all of the platforms. That's B-O-O-I-J, Jason Boy. Brilliant. Thanks, Jason. Fantastic. Thank you very much.
Thanks everybody for listening. That's the end of our episode. Tune in again next week for another future podcast.